the culture in you. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, you're our first guest. You're our first guest. And uh, yeah, this is real cool. Congratulations. Appreciate- no, yeah. No, this is great. This is great. because like Moana. He's like, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, uh, when we first started the pod, you know, it was just us just chopping it up. And then for us to have now someone inside this with us is a real cool. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's cool. We didn't expect to be at this point. And so I'm excited for the day. But we did know that we wanted our first official guest to be special and to have something to say and to have uh, want to make the same impact we want to make on the community. Does that make sense? I think that's what we're about. The culture is about community, right? And like enlightening them with like black facts or history, things like that. So definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, we all we all in it for the same reasons, you know. We wanna, you know, we wanna do this for us. You know, we want this to be a good look. People can people that look like us can look and say, I have something to relate to. And it's a space that I just didn't see us, you know, as a community. I didn't see us in the space. And I knew it was gonna be a product that we're gonna have to use as much as every other, you know, group of people, but you know, where's our product? You know, where's the black product? I didn't really see it. I saw lots of like decent or like okay looking stuff, but nothing that like represented okay, you know. I know where this is going and I know where those proceeds are going to go. Like the dollars that go into this black company are going to at some point better black communities, better black people, you know? So, you know, not that that's the only thing it's about, but like just knowing like, damn, okay, you know, we can build a thing that can do this and we know what we're going to do with it was, you know, sort of at the forefront. Um, And I actually feel safe in Henry Mass. Like I don't feel... You know what I mean? The K95 or whatever mask. Yeah. Okay, cool. But like, other than that, I don't feel safe in any other mask. It's like it covers the, the top, the nose, covers the bottom. So I'm just saying you did a phenomenal job. You, you and your brother. Much. Thank you very so. much. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I don't want to be holding you any titles. So would, would you rather go by a tailor, designer, both? Um, CEO. You know. CEO, brother. Boss. Yeah, CEO, I can boss, dig it. You know? I can dig yeah. it, man. I can dig it. Exactly what you are. Um, yeah, so I got a question for you. Uh, myself, uh, I have a business. I'm a furniture maker, furniture designer. And so I sell product as well. Um, but my challenge when it comes to like branding my, I don't even want to say branding, but like establishing a brand identity, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, do you feel like there should be a story behind every brand? Because I don't want to feel ingenuine when if I try to create a story behind my brand, but I guess I have a, I'm having a difficulty forming some kind of identity. You know what I mean? Because I was like, well, for, my, for, for myself, I'm just like, well, I like to design, you know, cool products or like, you know, uh, like wooden items, like home decor products and just put them for sale. But I, I don't really think of a story behind that. I simply, for me, it's just designing and creating. But I'm just trying to see if like maybe, did you have any challenges with finding the story in your brand or oh no i was a story in a story inside of a story um and if you really sit down and think about it you probably are too um it's just your story would look uniquely different than mine so if you're like oh this guy's got a story my story is nothing like that story you're right uh but you know how did you learn how to design furniture so okay so when i was in college i took some courses on design i was i went to the art institute to study set and exhibit designing for film and tv and so within that why why? because prior to that i tried other i tried to study what 
I thought my mom, my family wanted me to study, which was like maybe like finance or business. And I was just like, no, this like just doesn't even compute for me. And so, but I always knew that I was, I like working with my hands. From when I was a little kid, I used to, uh, you know, I built myself a little desk one time just so I get my homework done because my house was too loud on the inside. So I, on the outside, took some nails and a hammer because I saw my dad do the same while I was, I was maybe five, man. And uh, I just kind of went right outside the door, made myself a little desk, did some homework. But that was my first like inkling where I was like, oh, I've always kind of liked tinkering. And so fast forward to me trying to do things that involve more of a, I don't want to say mental, but uh, let's say things, I just gravitated toward, towards hands-on tasks. And so once I found out about production design, I found that that school offered production design. So I went in there on a whim of just being able to work in production design because I heard that they, can, they build sets. And so uh, that's how I kind of stepped foot into the design world. And then I had to design some furniture for a, a project. Oh, actually, it's funny. So this kind of brings me into. I was, I was, you know, trying to. I was doing a little research, a little research, and uh, I heard I was, in, I was in one of your articles. I don't know if it was with Complex, maybe it was with Complex or Forbes, but uh, what kind of got you into? Uh, I don't know if it's the tailoring or into the fashion. Was uh, a girl once told you when you were a kid that a well-dressed man. A lot, nothing. A lot, women love well, a well-dressed man, essentially. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? Way more simplified than that. Okay. Um, but you know, before I even jump into that, what you said thus far was a story. You've been making furniture since you were five. Hmm. You're a black dude, hmm. self-taught, who's been making furniture since he was five, and you just did set design because you figured, oh, they make all kind of cool shit. You didn't do the conventional thing. Oh, let me do furniture. He's like set design because they make all kind of cool shit. Hmm. Let me do that. Like you, you, you were methodical about this and you thought about it around, you mm. didn't do the straight line approach. You said, hmm, let me do it this way. Okay. That's a story. You okay. It's a unique story. Where are you from? LA, man. Born and raised. All right. That's also part of a unique story. Mm. This is like your thing. You know, you've seen LA your whole life. So this is how you move and this is the boom, boom. This is the type of furniture you build. It's like an ode to, you know, that's a fucking story. Mm. How old are you? You're young as fuck. <laughs> I mean, however old you are, like yeah. you're young enough to have that piece also as a fascinating aspect of your story. That Got you've you. been doing it for so long, but you're still young and mm. you have this zest and this zeal for it. So that's a story. Everyone has a story. There's a story behind why you're doing this podcast. You sure. And if you broke it down, mm. it would be just as compelling as me telling my story as to why I do clothes. Got mm. you, brother. You know? Well, yeah, that was well put. <laughs> Appreciate you. Resonated. Yeah. Resonated. For sure. That's that wisdom. That's that wisdom. Mind blown right now. <laughs> oh, that was he just sim- you just simplified <laughs> all of it. Like, you know, all the chaos in his head. You just simplified it real quick. Yeah, because I was sat in my position like thing. battling. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to tell a fake story, but I was like, I don't know what is my story. I don't know if it's that imposter <laughs> syndrome. You got a story, motherfucker can't make up that story, bro. You've been making some Yeah, I made a desk at five. Are you serious? <laughs> I didn't. Did you make a desk at five? Hell no, I didn't. Hey, did you make a desk at five? I don't know why it made a desk at five. Mm. Yeah, no. And now it's making furniture. It's gotcha. sort of a thing that's like predestined. Like, what? Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I made some moccasins when I was 13. Okay. Like, that was, a, that was another experience for me. Got you. You know, it was right during this time where the cheerleader told me. Okay. I was tutoring a cheerleader, and she told me that um, I was like, let's exchange. I need to put me up on game about girls and shit. And she was just like, girls like dudes that dress nice. Like, if you dress better, I think girls would like you. And you smart and you shy and shit, but it doesn't matter. If you dress nice and, like, your hair is cut nice and shit, girls would like you. Because, like, you're not bad looking. You just, <laughs> you bad looking right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. And then I had this uh, 
classroom assignment in one of my uh, my math classes to create a product, you know, real or imaginary, and you had to determine what the cost to produce, what the resale, and what your profit margin was. And you had to express the profit margin in dollars and in percentages. And then you had to get up, give a commercial for your product, and then break it all down. We had to do that in round 13. Mm. So everyone else is doing all kinds of shit. They're doing like fake cars, Barbie dolls, whatever. I've always been fascinated with the ability to make things that were not real, that now are real. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. furniture making is fascinating to me because it starts with just pieces of wood or plastic or inanimate things. Mm-hmm. There's no animation to them. They're inanimate. Mm-hmm. And once you're done, they're not animate. Mm-hmm. They're animated. Yeah. Same with fashion. Like everything that we're all wearing is just rolls of flat, lifeless fabric. So I saw that and I was like, oh, that'd be dope. I've always wanted to make these moccasins were great. I have a reason to make them for this class. So I made two pair of moccasins, made one for myself and I made one for, for the presentation. Um, it's a little leather moccasin, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. Cost me like $8 per kit. Nothing crazy. No, it was nothing crazy. You made shoes. Yeah, but it was like just like a little hand, a hands-on thing. You just got to follow. I mean, anyone could have done it. You just got to follow it. Other people have done it and didn't look as nice as me. But you know, because like I'm a perfectionist, so every like I undid it a million times to make sure it was just tight enough in every little spot, and all the things were even and consistent. I'm just wired like that. So I did that for my class, and I I, I did this presentation, and then um I saw them. I was like, you know, I'd sell them for twenty dollars. My cost of produce was eight dollars. That represents, you know, um. 40%, so the 60% is the margin, blah, 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 it's, you know, $12. Um, and I went and sat down. After class, I took like 10 orders, you know, on accident. You know, and people just came over like, yo, can I order those? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I mean, you can make them, right? Like, yeah. All right, well, how much? Like, like I said, 20 bucks. I, I did a commercial. I was like, all right, cool, bitch. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. Here's my shoe size. So I was like, oh, damn, that's dope. So I had a little shoe business in middle school, just making my moccasins. And then I um, I, I used to draw a whole lot. So I drew this illustration that they chose for the T-shirt that went along with like our yearbook. Okay. Um, and so everybody in the school, all the teachers and students that are wearing this T-shirt just got this <laughs> illustration that I drew on it. I'm just like, you know, because I was not a cool kid in middle school. I yeah. was a very uncool kid. So to see cool kids wearing these shoes that I made was like, oh, this is gratifying. And then to see them with the, and, and I remember telling myself, I like the way it feels seeing people wear the things that I made. I like how that feels. It makes me feel as cool as the people wearing it. I feel really cool right now. You know, it's like it gave me another sense of confidence. And so, you know, fast forward, you know, you see how like how I move or why I move into things, you know, hmm, I make things for people because, you know, I like the way it feels seeing people wear the stuff that they came up with. But had I not had those two experiences, which could have gone anyway, I could have picked a different project. I could have priced it weird. These are hundred dollars, you know, some shit that yeah. wouldn't have sold. I could have not drawn the thing, thought, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. And I wouldn't have had that experience that said, oh, I could do this. Mm-hmm. I like the way this feels. Mm-hmm. When you build that furniture set, when you were done with it, you probably sat at it and fucked with it mm. and was like, I like the way it feels. Man. I just did this. Man. Mm. You know what I mean? Man. Mm. And that feeling stuck with you. It's probably a feeling that you've been kind of chasing as you 
going about other endeavors, how can I get that same feeling I started five? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Confidence is an interesting thing, you know what I mean? Especially when you start to become successful. That's what it seems like. Um, so how do you keep the confidence going? How do you not get, like, imposter syndrome? Or, like, how do you, you know what I mean? How do you keep that flow? Um, I mean, I'm just, I, you know, there's times I don't feel confident and I just express it. And I think okay. that's what people think is confident because I just really don't give a shit. Okay. Um, I'm very genuine, authentic. If I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it. If I'm not having a good day, I'm not having a good day. Okay. Um, but when I'm when I'm when I do something, people know like if I do it, it's gonna be, you know, extreme. Um, I think people just you know they appreciate authenticity. You know, like people, if you got to be perfect and polished all the time, people gonna eventually see the holes in it. They're like, oh, this person's not real. I wonder what the other side of the moon looks like, you know, as opposed to the thing that you get to see in all these different elements, you know, you just feel super confident because there's no one that moves like that. Like I look online, I look on social media. I just don't see, I don't see designers. I don't see tailors. I don't really see entrepreneurs and CEOs that move the way I do. There's like transparent and um, just open and just real about shit. For sure. For sure. I think Instagram, social media fucked us up. All the way. All the way. Because all we do is sit and look at each other and be like, oh, his life is better. Their life is better. And it's like, no. We're all the same in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. boat. I'm just curious. What big challenges have you faced being a CEO, being a business owner uh, in regards to, I, <laughs> I guess. A joke. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Joke. Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> Is there was there like a defining moment that you that you could say you 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 came up you, you faced where if you went left it could things could have turned this way if you went right things you did or a good a thing million, you did turn right. A million of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, with Rich Fresh, one of the best decisions I ever made was to start off luxury from day one. Like I had done other businesses before that weren't luxury; they were more like you know what I thought was more attainable, but it didn't have the value then because it was just too attainable. And it didn't do anything. So when I started Rich Fresh, which wasn't that long ago, it was like almost four years now. Um, it feels like a long time. But day one, it was like, I'm going to be luxury. Why? Because one, it's unexpected. And two, it gives me more opportunity to really add more value. You know, And it's unexpected. And I like doing things that are unexpected. Um, so if I had done something different, if I had said, mm, okay, let's come out still trying to be, you know, price competitive with the mall, you know, and just attainable shit, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have hit. No one would have cared. We wouldn't hear about Rich Fresh. Um, and then, you know, with Henry Mask, I mean, there's a bunch of things that we could have done, you know, we could have, shit, man. There's so many ways I could have gone left. Like that is a story in itself. But just setting it up as a subscription model was one of the smartest things that we did. Um, and not just, you know, from a bottom line perspective, but for the consumer. You know, to have something like I we run out of water all the time. Water, like I'll be at the house and then I drink all the water. I'm like, shit, I'm out of water. I hate having to go get more water. And I just knew, like, 
people are going to hate having to go get more masks. When you're out of a mask and you have to have a mask in order to move around and do shit, and you don't have a mask, and then you're like, shit, I got to go and get a mask. It's going to be so annoying. I don't want this to become a pain point. Oh, shit, now I got to go online and find it and order it and shit and just, ah. But what if you didn't have to think about it? No, you can pause it if you want. You can cancel if you want. I'm not forcing you, but we'll just add this built-in convenience of it always showing up on a recurring basis in small enough quantities for you to actually get use out of. If we set it up any differently, I don't know if we'd still be in operation right now. You know, we definitely wouldn't be moving the way we move now, you know, but those are two pivotal decisions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I can relate to you saying uh, you're starting off as a luxury brand. So when I first uh, got out of college and was getting into designing my pieces, my first collection was a luxury collection, right? So I was buying really exotic woods. I was using high quality leathers and I was using uh, metal. So I was comprising those three materials into my pieces. And so it had a high value, had a high price point, but the value was there. But I wasn't, I was struggling to find clients. I was struggling to find clientele or a buyer for these. So, you know, like Melrose Trading Post, like, you know, flea markets, things like that. So I was going, I was showing up at the Melrose Trading Post and people loved my designs. Like, oh, these are so cool. But the, that's the thing, right? They were like, we love it. We can't, we're not, we're not here to pay for this kind of price point. And so I was like, well, damn. So then I was like, well, let me just conform my designs to a more competitive price point. So I just started making smaller items like plant stands, planter boxes, things that were, you know, just more consumable. And so I did start making sales, but then I lost the luxury in my brand, in my in my designs, in my brand. And then so I was like, man, I wonder what what I maybe could have done differently to maintain the luxury because currently I do, but my bread and butter are my smaller items. So I have an online store set up and it produces, but I'm still not getting those high ticket. I'm not designing those big, those nice collection pieces like I once was. And I was trying to figure out how I could have somehow maybe I zigged when I should have zagged, but. Yeah, it feels like you're trying to match your worth that you know. You know what I mean? I feel like you know your worth more than just making basic planner boxes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if I was to give you any advice or, or just perspective on that one, I was thinking about it while you were telling me. Um, it's getting to that low part. Like when you get too low on it, it's like it's too hot. It's like, man, you. Coughing every time I smoke. <laughs> I don't even taste good anymore. Um, <coughs> you know, I tell people um, all the time, people are like, oh man, and I got this thing. I just don't know. Like, there is a market for every product. You could say, I only want to make white furniture. All my furniture is white. What, man? No one's going to, you a motherfucking lie. People going to line up because there's a market for every product. You can make Shit out of cardboard boxes. There's a market for every product. Someone's gonna want that thing. I know someone online. They make, they make furniture that looks like uh, blow up balloons. Uh huh. Wow. But it's art. There's a product for. No, well, there's a market for every product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you just didn't match the two, and 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 that's the problem that that entrepreneurs face all the time. You you have this product, but do you match it to the wrong audience? You don't get the right response. You know, like when I when I was doing suits, when I was and, and and this is the thing I had to learn. When I was doing suits, I started off doing suits for like six hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks. You know, and when it finally got to like a pricey price point, it was like a thousand dollars. You know, for a suit, for a custom suit. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm going to these nice places because you know I'm not, I like nice shit, nice bougie shit, and they're nice tailored suits. They look great, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's just like you know whatever, whatever. But I'm a tailor, so I can make it look good. And I'm out here, and I'm drinking this nice scotch and chilling and shit. And I'm talking to someone; they got nice shoes on their feet, and we talking about suits. And I'm like, yo, I got the best suits ever. My shit is like, oh yeah, man, these look great. Yeah, well, how much are they? Oh, you know, they're, you know, eight hundred dollars. Like, huh? <laughs> Yeah, eight hundred dollars, man. So in my mind, you should be able to get a whole bunch of them. But right. in their mind, they're like, "What's wrong with it?" Mm. Right, right. You know, right. I had I was pricing, I was pricing the product wrong for the market that mm. I was actually going after, mm-hmm. and didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. You did the opposite. Right. You know, I was too cheap for the market I was going after. You were too expensive for the market you were going after. Yeah. Mm. You know. Yep. So yep. it's either change the product uh-huh. price or change the market. market. So if you want to do your luxury, it's like, okay, cool. If I only want to do these luxury high-end pieces in Los Angeles, mm. you know you know how much mm. money there is in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, uh, just to say that All they did. It. <laughs> but it's just like, if you only... Have you ever gone fishing? Yeah. yeah. We used to go fishing a lot when I was a kid. Um, and, you know, different bodies of water are known to have certain types of fish mm-hmm. you know so if i know that the goal is bass sea bass and i know sea bass can be at this temperature and this climate and this body of water and i'm going to cast it out there i ain't pulling in no catfish mm. i'm not pulling in catfish all right and i could be out here all day and only get one snag but that snag is going to be what sea bass 100 percent so wherever you got that at, that's what you that's what you fishing. Okay. You're looking for sea bass in a in a sea of catfish. Right, right, right. You know I do. So you just you were in the wrong environment showing a great product. That's a good analogy. You know? mm-hmm. If you were in a different environment, if you were just like confined to uh 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 Brentwood uh-huh. to West Hollywood, if that was your environment, yeah, and you found every possible place to be mm-hmm. what's a new hotel that's opening cool i want to put this furniture what's the boom i'm gonna, and i'm networking i'm only networking here you would be selling luxury furniture got you so Guaranteed. i need to all right i need to yeah i need to be at where my, i need to be where my market's at absolutely yeah, yeah. that's that's the only way if you're not where your market is you're not, you're not selling sell to your market 100 <laughs> yeah 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 man i got you appreciate the perspective on that sure yeah yeah, yeah, because I just never, I guess I never really tend to have, I never have these conversations with anyone that's kind of in the same way, understands what I'm, what I'm talking about. But no, there's nothing wrong with having, and it's actually kind of, it's ingenious that you have this smaller, more attainable product now that you otherwise wouldn't have thought of. Because if you hit immediately on the luxury thing, you wouldn't have had a need to come up with what is now your main bread and butter, which is probably on autopilot. It doesn't seem like it's a thing that's very difficult to make. You may even have help producing it. You don't even have to do as much. You might be like this, hands-free on the shit, which would free you up to do this luxury stuff that you now got this bread and butter that you don't even really have to put too much energy in. You can do this and just build it because this thing's already making you money. So it's kind of ingenious how it happened because now you can move different. Like if that, if this was your only way to make bread and butter and you didn't have this, your decision making changes because your stomach starts to grumble. But you got this set, so now your decision making is different. You can, I'll put this in your spot for like 
a month or two. I ain't even tripping. Mm. You know what I'm yeah. I ain't even tripping. Just yeah. put this card right here, a little thing they can contact. I ain't even tripping. Oh, here's my card. Yeah, I'm gonna come by. I'm gonna put some other little stuff. You ain't even tripping off the money because right. you know you have your. I, I everything's saying the, the the money's coming in already. Exactly. Right, 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 exactly. right, right. Already eating, so like yeah. this is gonna do its other thing. Yeah. So this might actually be, you know, I mean, that might be. This is the way that it was intended. So you know, if you get back to it, that'd be really cool. Yeah. No, for sure, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate the appreciate the gems. Appreciate yeah, the fresh. Gems. You need your own button that just goes. Keep <laughs> 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 dropping gems out here. Yeah, bro. man. We appreciate it for sure. Yeah, I'd love to see what 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 uh, some of your stuff looks like. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, they definitely let you check that out, man. Definitely will. I feel like anything I have to say is just like low level shit now. Like, no, you know, no. like what we're talking about over here is like, you know what I mean? Mind mind blowing and life changing shit. Whereas my stuff is just like hot topic. <laughs> no, but I mean, but that that's how conversation sparks out. That's how we get on some deep shit. True. Talking about little shit. True, man. True. You follow current events, really? Yeah. Follow the news? <laughs> I don't, so you know, tell them what's going on. I honestly, man, I, I truly don't either. I truly don't either. Um that's why every now and then we kinda pop on and see what the world's up to. Like I just I'm I'm just I'm not really into it. I mean, I know you're not into like Thanksgiving <laughs> but you're not really into Thanksgiving, but like are your companies gonna do Black Friday anything? Um, that I don't know. Um, Rich Fresh is not. Hell, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, I, I'm kind of against Black Friday. For for one, it it's not safe at this point, and two, I feel like even for the mom and pop stores, it like under it takes away from their value. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's forcing them to now lower their price or. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't. I don't, I don't like even for Henry. Like, I think on Amazon, we. I don't think we. I, honestly, because I'm a CEO, I haven't authorized any Black Friday anything. Right. Mm. You know, we may run Black Friday ads, you know, which just bring people over or have like some type of code, but at most it'll probably be like ten percent, just something that we would offer anyhow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but like this whole crazy thing, people doing half off this shit. People going crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, I know you're losing money. I know it. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. No, I, I but I, I've, we don't do sale. We've never, no product that we've ever done has ever had a sale on it. There's no sale. We don't have a sale mindset. Mm. You don't want this now. Maybe you'll want it later. Or maybe you just didn't want it. It's okay. We can do something with it. Like, mm-hmm. we just don't do that sale shit. So we're not hungry for it. We ain't going to mark nothing down at 50% off. It's just whatever. Um, we'd rather give it away before we do that because it's a bad connotation on your business value. Mm. You know, mm. when they For see sure. that you're constantly selling your shit on sale, on discount, on clearance, what's the value of your brand? You constantly sell discount clearance. True. Value is important. You know? True. Yeah. Yeah. But can that be part of a strategic plan for some brands or companies? If that's the, if, okay, for instance, guilt. You remember guilt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was their brand that was what they were built on they are you can get this stuff at a discounted price mm-hmm. but for a limited time what's you know? guilt uh guilt group it was like <clears throat> g-i-l-t yeah. like um there's certain brands that you had heard of or maybe seen somewhere but mm-hmm. you can never get their shit on the website or anything mm-hmm. and they would drop this limited collection for like 24 hours oh, wow. and it would be things that are usually like 300 dollars, but you can get them for 180. it's like what the fuck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so people would just like Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. 
Eat that up. Yep. You know? Oh, I was, I definitely bought tons of shit on it. Because it's like stuff that you see and you're like, oh, it's only just six more hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These yeah. sizes are going quick. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that was their whole business That was model. their business model. Because yeah, that's yeah. not your business model. Mm-hmm. And you have a business model that's built on just. Sale, sale. You know, like, it's like this. Um, I sell jeans. I don't, but I'm saying. I sell blue jeans. I have great blue jeans. My blue jeans cost $180. That's the value of my blue jeans. $180, $180, $180, $180. Oh, what's today? Wednesday, Black Friday? Oh, now they're $90. $90, $90, $90. Oh, man, wasn't that fun? Okay, yeah, so back to $180. What? Crickets? What right. do you mean crickets? Yeah. Mm. What do you mean wait till the next time I have a sale? Mm. What do you mean now I have to always have a sale? Mm. What do you mean I can't get back to my price point now? Mm-hmm. Shit. Mm-hmm. I tricked the market into accepting a lower price point. Now I want them to pay more for the same shit. They're like, nah, clearly you can make money selling them at 90. Why I'm going to pay you 180. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even make sense to me now. So yeah. yeah, it's like, if you want to play in that space, you can play in that space. It's just a tail you're going to constantly chase. Mm. You know, yeah, no, that makes that makes all the sense. That makes all the sense. Sure. Not- I mean, that's just, again, it, that's just me. Again, some people, they operate different. You know, some people have... You know, shops that sell a whole lot of inexpensive shit. Mm-hmm. Me, it's just the same amount of energy. Yeah. It takes the same amount of interaction for you to sell a piece of furniture for a fifth of the price as it does to sell it for five times. Mm. It's You're the right. same interaction. Same, inter- same yeah. amount of energy. Yep. You know? Yep. I do. I do, man. I do. Good shit, man. Yeah, man. Good shit. Time and economics. Did, I was gonna say, so I was going to say, uh, did, did you... Have you always had a strong business acumen or just like your experience through all this has kind of also shaped and formed? Yeah, I think business acumen can be formed from like failure. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a businessman. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And my dad was very business savvy. So just hearing him talk and seeing how he moved, he was very like precise, business, business, business. Um, and I think all the things I read are just about business and problem solving and then this is that. I don't really spend much time focused on other things. <clears throat> so for me, it's just, you know, it's the thing that I'm good at is like making certain business decisions or at least just like making things make sense in my head. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes you, I mean, that puts you in a really good position to be creative and have the strong business savvy because a lot of creatives kind of tend to uh, not have as developed as a business savvy, but that kind of just comes with See, I read lots of business right? books. Like, I'm a super creative. Like, I'm all that. I'm the, the crazy, you know, <laughs> just, like, drawing and shit all day. Yeah. But I read so many business books Okay. that I understand that in order to actually survive, you got to also do this thing. Okay. And here's how you should do it. Okay. Because other people who are successful wrote it down on paper, mm-hmm. put it in a book, mm-hmm. and if you buy it, you can gain access to their, ac- to their mm-hmm. access. To their mind, yeah. Know, so... Could you recommend that book? One one book for me? A business book? Oh, shit, yeah. Um, this, is the, this is the book that I recommend to anyone just because it's like a, n- a nice mindset shift um, even before any of the business books or the, like, Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, oh. yeah I got I got the audible of that, but I haven't, t- I haven't opened it yet. Just listen to it. Just listen to it, okay. Oh, listen to it. Okay. Five times. You got it. Yeah, listen to Think it and Grow times. Rich. Yeah. By okay. the fifth time, by the time you're done with it for the fifth time, uh-huh. You're you're thinking on certain things with shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. do you read or audiobooks? Both. Okay. I, I audiobook more because um I'm on the go. Mm-hmm. And like I'm gonna do something if I'm in the car. So 
You know, if I'm not listening to some jazz or something, I put on like an audio book. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you can go to sleep and enjoy it. For it's sure. It's hard to go to sleep reading a book. For yeah, sure, true. man. True. Man, one of the best investments I got, and I say in the last, or I made in the last couple months was these bedtime headphones. It's like it's like a headband. So imagine like a sweatband that you'd wear out for working out. But inside, embedded in the ears, are these really flat little earbuds. And so they don't go in your ear. They just lay flat against your ear. So when you're laying your head down, you don't even feel it. Man, because I, I like to fall asleep reading like, you know, Audible or podcasts. I could I could let you know. I can let yeah, you know. I have to check my phone. But it covers your eyes too, or it's just a headband. No, no, no it's like a headband. Oh, but okay. if you if you if you wanted to, you could just slide right. it down. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I'll I'll, I'll definitely let you know about that. Shit. It's it's been doing me well, man. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure, man. Crazy. Do you have a process? Because I mean, you're 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 a genius. I mean, you know it. But do you have a process that gets you in that mode? Um. No, not really. I mean, um, no. <laughs> this is just, this is just, this is the thing that I do. This is like the only thing I'm really good at. <laughs> I'm just, you know, pretty good at it. This is the only thing I'm good at. So it's all good. Um, <laughs> Wait, what's the only thing that you're good at? I mean, just, you know, like my approach to how I do, just the stuff that I do. Like, I'm very good at that. Like, it's a whole lot of stuff I'm probably not really good at. But um, so my process is really, it's real simplified. Like, you know, I have I have concepts, I have ideas, and I'll sketch them out, and I'll you know do little flat CAD design sometimes. It's just real easy. I just you know change colors and I just look at things, and when things feel right, you know, I put them in in the motion. Um, I I I bought a factory. Um, couple years ago that made all my clothes and so the lines of communication like the ability to like think something like I can have an idea in my head and like oh that makes sense to me in my head and I have the ability to draw it and I have the ability to also do like a CAD that's easy to share with my production manager who has access to all the materials I need to take that thing and turn it into a real thing Mm. it's like you know i just built it like that so it's very simple flow i can take a photo of the shit like it's a very simple flow and then it goes into production once it goes over there you know it's a process because um you know things are you know patterns are made things are cut sewn and it's a whole thing but just the the creative process is really simple it's just like you know i have ideas that just you know come at random and i just find a way to get them down and uh, get them in motion. And your colors, right? I feel like I've never seen the colors that you have on right. your your luxury brand, right? right? So like, do you have to see the color and be like, that's what I want? Or do you kind of already have it in, in your mind? Oh yeah, I already have it in my head. Um, yeah, like I, 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 I just, I've been on color since I was a kid. So I'm, I'm um, one of the people that really responds to colors. Um, and um, so for me, like, in my brain, I can see how certain colors are going to look together. And it's like, oh, God, that looks so nice. And then I can kind of change the blue to green. I can see, okay, now what does it look like? Oh, not the same, you know, because the green is not too close to the brown. Like, I can see this in my you head. You can visualize all that in your head. Wow. I'm looking up, and I can see all four of the different colors I was just looking at. That's wild. Just, you know, so I can do that shit first. And then by the time I get to the computer, it's like, oh, exactly. Um, 
because it's easier for me to communicate this, but I used to not do that. I used to just be this, and then me, hey, you know, production, here's what I want. And they're like, really? How's that going to look? Trust me. You know, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's just, it's a thing I've got a really good relationship with colors, with colors and, and fit, you know, because I'm a tailor, so I've been doing this for so long. I'm very familiar with, like, the way that clothes should ideally fit. Um, and then I've, I've had such a fascination with colors that that just comes, it's just second nature. It's just like, do those colors together make me feel like, ugh, or, hmm. And if I get a, mm, check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're a feelings man. You know, all about the feel. What gets you in a, what gets you in your flow state? You know, that state where you could be doing whatever you're doing and before you know it, an hour's passed, 30 minutes passed. Like, what's something that you do that really gets you in that flow state? Um, shit. Fuck around and get started. Mm. <laughs> oh. Like, as soon as I get, like... I start messing around with something, especially a mock-up. Be like, there's a mock-up I'm working on right now. And it's, if I touch it, 30 minutes go by. It's like, oh, shit, what have I been doing? But I've created a whole diagram of, like, nine different color ways. You know, so it's, it's, it's that type of thing. So um, if I'm just, like, for real about it and passionate about it, then I just I lose track of time. It doesn't matter. It's, it's just more on... The outcome, like this thing has to happen. And I really want it to happen, so that's it. And then magically, it happens. I don't know how. Magically, yeah. I don't even know how much time it takes, but but it gets done. done. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't want to hold you too much longer, but I do want to ask for the people out there that want to know, and I want to know. I'm nosy, but what's next for Henry the Henry Brand? What's next for Rich Fresh Inc? Um, you know, I always tell people more of the same, which is not a lie. Um, just, you know, again, we've proven the point that every product has a market um, with both of the brands. And so now it's just about finding more of that market because there's so much more of both markets. Um, and so that's really it, you know, not really changing the model too much. I think, you know, it's real easy to think that, you know, you know people have been like, oh, man, you know. You done stripes so much, man. You think it's time to change up the stripes? I'm like, no, nah, I own that. Like, that's mine. I'm not changing up. You know how many people have never heard of Rich Fresh? They deserve the stripes too. Mm. I own mm. this space. Like, so, and same with the masks. It's like it's easy to be like, you know, what's next? Are we gonna do t-shirts and and backpacks? It's like, no, we're we're the dope mask brand. We're gonna do more. We haven't even we haven't done anything yet. We've just proven that we have a market. Mm. Now we need to lean into said market. Um, and really like expand. So it's just more of the same, just, you know, taking the, uh, two amazing products, two amazing ethos, um, and taking them to more people. I think are you are you blown away when you're like walking around or maneuvering in your life, airport or something, every you time. see the mask <laughs> on? Every time. Every time. I get tickled every time. <laughs> like, I point it out every time. There's, 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 there's another one. Yeah, yeah, I was in Puerto Rico yeah, dope, and man. I was like walking. I was like, yo, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. You have to be proud. I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud. And, and, and I get upset anytime I go somewhere and I don't see them. I'm like, uh, I've been oh. here for 20 minutes. Like, I get like, for real, for real. I get wow. upset. Yeah, man. When I see them, like, I almost want to go. I always make it a point. Not always. 
But like, unless they're like in passing, passing, mm-hmm. I was making a point to at least get close and say, <laughs> "Hey, nice mask." <laughs> That's it. And no one ever knows who the fuck I am. Right. Really? You know? No, because like I usually got on a ball cap. I'm oh. real low key. So like, yeah, like, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Little <laughs> do they know, right? People legit be like, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> um, and it's so cool. But yeah, it just it, it, it tickles me every time. And like back in Memphis, um, where I'm from. It's almost like one in three people that live in Memphis have Henry Boom. on their face. Boom. Everywhere you go. Awesome. In all the restaurants and all the whole, everywhere you go, it is Henry Land. Dude. Straight up. As it should be. Straight up. Yeah, As it should up. be. That's magic, man. Yeah, well, we just want to say thank you, Fresh, for coming by. Absolutely. Tapping into the Culture Media Podcast. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. For thank you. It's, been a, it's been a great experience. So. Great meeting you. Yeah. Lessons learned. Yeah, yeah appreciate you, brother. Connected, but um, yeah. Once again, it's been the Coach Menu Podcast with your host Chelsea and Lasani, and the special guest, the first Chelsea guest, Mr. Fresh. It's the boy. It's the boy. <laughs> Thanks, it's man. Boy. Appreciate you. Let me sing us out the episode.